I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk. Let me bring back a very good friend. He is a graduate of the University of Missouri. He's the co-host of the Bull Droppings, a Houston Texans podcast, as well as the host of a true green and golden Edmonton Elks podcast. Quite frankly, his opinions are strictly his, and if you don't like them, that's too bad. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh McSwain. Josh, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure when I come on one of your shows. Well, you know, and really today, I really can't thank you enough because unfortunately, my other guests, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I I hope he's okay, but you know what? Look, the show's got to go on, and and honestly, it, it's good to have a genius like you on the show. Hmm. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, should well, we start playing some Queen right now? The show must go on. <laughs> well, I'll honestly, make it maybe <laughs> definitely. But here we are, and it's time to preview this Sunday's game between the Carolina Panthers and the Dallas Cowboys. And quite frankly, in the Cowboys' case, I mean, this is going to be a real test. But some say it's also going to be a true test for the Panthers as well. Yeah, I would agree with both of those statements. You look at whom the Panthers have played so far. They opened the season at home against the Jets, a team that we all know is in a rebuild. And then last Thursday, they went to Houston to take on the Texans, a team that is also in the beginning of a long rebuild. They won both of those games. And then they dismantled the Saints, who had lost a bunch of staff due to COVID. I don't know how much that played a factor in their 19-point victory in Charlotte a couple weeks ago. I kind of thought the Panthers were going to win that game anyway. The fact that it was the largest margin of victory is a little... Interesting to me, especially when you look at the Saints who dismantled the Packers and then they went into New England and took down the Pats, forcing three Mac Jones interceptions. So what can we say about the NFL? It doesn't make sense a lot of the time. (laughs) It doesn't, but I have to be honest, so far this season, it really has been quite a surprise. I mean, Cowboys are 2-1 and and the Cowboys are, I mean, it seems like last two weeks they've really been making me eat my words big time because I've been doubting them. And if you've been listening to the other show, I'm part of our tribals. I mean, uh, Ricky Lintwinkowicz, who's the host of that, is really been giving me a, a mouthful. And, you know, at the end of the day, he simply says, Bear Man, you got to have more faith in your Cowboys. And, I mean, I would love to, but the problem is there's still some problems. Like, for, for instance, the Cowboys' secondary is still a problem because the secondary is the second worst in the league because... The Cowboys' pass defense allows about 332 passing yards per game. Right, and that number is going to be a little bit skewed because you went against Tom Brady in the season opener. And obviously Brady had another masterful game. It's it, it's really tough, and... Justin Herbert also got him for a lot of yards in the Week 2 game, and then got some yards, but a lot of those were in garbage time. So I don't think the secondary is as bad as it was last year. Granted, I'm not sure you can get 
much worse than where the secondary was last year. Oh, no. The bigger concern, and I brought this up with you a little while ago, is just without Lawrence, can we get any pressure on the opposing quarterback? Well, we certainly did. They certainly did that against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the Eagles, you know, Mika Parsons and uh, the uh, UCLA dude, uh, Osa Ozigazua. I'm really having a hard time saying his name. You know, he got a sack and a half. And, you know, as far as Philadelphia goes, I, I think they it, it proved like when, when we, but the way the Cowboys just destroyed them, the, the problems vary from coaching, obviously, to Jalen Hurts just, you know, as far as Jalen Hurts goes, I, I don't have a solid argument for the guy. Some people ask me, and I said this on the show when I recapped the game a couple of days ago, is he stuck in the Oklahoma Sooner play style? I mean, that's that's a maybe, but, you know, that's that's merely a theory. But, I mean, the Cowboys just, the defense, even though the defense still made some mistakes, you know, kind of gave the Eagles a free play on, on their final, on the final scoring drive, but... The Cowboys' defense, even though there's still a lot of holes to fill, there's still a lot of, you know, stuff to worry about. Like I said, the the secondary, but there's still some there's still some positivity. Like number one, the Dallas defense leads the NFL in takeaways with a total of eight, and the Dallas rush defense allows mm-hmm. an average of seventy yards per game. That's that puts them sixth in the league. Correct. But to go back to sacks for just a minute. Dallas is tied with Kansas City for the second least amount of sacks with four thus far. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely a cause for concern, and I'm glad you brought that up. And the defensive line unit for the Cowboys is completely depleted. I mean, who do we have aside for, aside from... Well, Parsons is technically a linebacker, but you know, because of the situation, I'm, I know he'll be playing... He'll be at the defensive end position, but the situation is just is terrible. And Neville Gallimore, they they said earlier this week that he'd be there was a chance he'd, he'd be activated this week, but I told myself, well, if he's activated, it doesn't mean he's gonna play. So if they if they teased it this week, I'm guessing that probably next week he's gonna be activated, and hopefully he comes back to practice so he can play against the New York Giants. But as far as Gallimore goes, getting him back is certainly going to be huge because Gallimore had a hell of an offseason and then he got hurt in the preseason by, I think he dislocated his elbow, which is a gruesome injury. But getting Neville Gallimore back will be certainly something huge. And, you know, if the Cowboys manage to beat the Panthers and they get it back, I mean, that's a big boost going into the game against the Giants. Correct. Depth on that front line is going to be an issue. And this week, we're also going to see a really tough test because even with Christian McCaffrey going to be out for Carolina, you still have Chuba Hubbard, who was a very productive running back at Oklahoma State, who will come in. And I think he'll do nicely. And you have to look at... The running game for the Panthers probably sets up the pass game. We all know about DJ Moore. He's having a really good year so far. He's reached that point where it just looks like he's about to break out and become one of those really elite receivers. We saw the potential the last couple of years with him. He just wasn't quite bringing it every week, but so far this season certainly looks like he is. Oh, absolutely. 
And speaking of, uh, you know, you mentioned sacks. Uh, the, the Panthers, actually, they lead the league in sacks. So, so Dak Press, I mean, the Cowboys' offensive line is going to have to find a way to protect, way Dak, to protect-, protect Dak at all costs. But, uh, and, you know, as far as the, the, the Panthers' uh, offense goes, the Panthers' running game allows an average, uh, excuse me, the Panthers' running game averages 106 rushing yards per game. While the passing game has 287, uh, excuse me, 285 passing yards per game, and the Sam Donald that we've seen so far, I mean, this is definitely not the Sam Donald we saw up in New York. That's for sure. I mean, some are already teasing the fact, or already say it like this. You know, Sam Donald was set free, and so far that's the case. But I'm not entirely there yet because, again, who have the Carolina Panthers played? That's actually good. I mean, yeah, I get it. They beat the Saints, but. The Saints were missing several players and a lot of coaches because of the whole pandemic issue. Correct. Yeah, I don't want to say the C word because, you know, this whole thing has caused enough drama. It's caused enough stress. So I'm going to try not to mention it too much because it's already too, it's already caused too many problems. But, but, but seriously, I mean, and I, and I mean no disrespect to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, the same thing goes for the, I mean, the, for the Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles. Obviously, we, we some. I don't want to say. I don't want to confirm this, but after the after the way the Cowboys destroyed the Eagles, everybody was saying, "Well, there you go. The the Eagles are really overrated." I mean, I don't want to argue that because you know, like that. But you know, we can't we can't say the Cowboys didn't beat a good team of the Chargers because remember the Chargers went on to beat the Chiefs. So. But, right. But I think overall, as far as the Cowboys goes, if they can beat the Panthers convincingly, that's certainly going to bring them closer to you know convincing me otherwise that they're maybe they are a good team. But with all these facts that we're bringing up, you know, the, I mean, here's another thing about the Panthers' defense: the pass defense and the rush defense are both on top. And overall, the Panthers' defense is number one in total yards per game because they average they allow an average of 191 total yards per game. But again. Looking at who the Panthers played, you know, maybe they they haven't played it. They haven't played a team that's got, that's got an offense like Dallas. Oh, there's no question about that. You look at the starting quarterbacks that the Panthers have seen so far. It was Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, and then Davis Mills. <laughs> I'm really not sure what all you can take from that. I mean, look, I. Yeah, a, a, a win's a win. I'm not going to take away the win. But in the NFL, when you beat a team that's not good, that's not something to go on, okay? And that's why this game is a test for both teams because the Panthers have to prove are they truly that good because everything they are in their, in their categories, like I said, number one in total, um, in number one defense in, in the allowing of total offense, okay? The pass defense and the rush defense are both number one. Okay, but again, since they haven't played a team like Dallas, I mean, we're going to find out if the Panthers truly have the number one defense. It remains to be seen, Josh. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, a win is a win. They all count the same in this league. But while I've seen a lot of good things from the Carolina defense and Matt Rule does a very good job building teams on that side of the ball, it... I'm just not quite convinced yet, and this is going to certainly be a huge test, and I just want to talk for a minute here about 
Hassan Reddick. He spent his first four years with the Cardinals, but he signed with the Panthers in the offseason. And right. he has four and a half sacks so mm-hmm. far this year. And you know what that he really him? looks like he's become a difference maker. Mm-hmm. That, and, put, that puts him third in the league. Yes, it does. Behind Miles Garrett and Chandler Jones. You've also got Shaq Thompson, who's a steady player, great leader in the linebacking core. Derek Brown, who was a top 10 pick. Brian Burns, who has three sacks. This is all around going to be a very formidable unit to go against. With Dallas, though, my big question is this. Are they going to continue to run the ball? Obviously, on Monday night, they stuck with the run, and Zeke got 95 yards on 17 carries with a couple of touchdowns. You had Tony Pollard, who got another 60 on 11 carries. Both those guys averaged five and a half yards per carry or over. Meanwhile, you had the Eagles who just absolutely abandoned the run on Monday night. And you actually look at the Panthers running attack. Christian McCaffrey was averaging under four yards a carry. Chuba Hubbard is averaging 3.3 yards per carry. And so... A lot of this has really fallen on Sam Darnold. Now, the Panthers don't have the greatest offensive line out there. They're relying on Darnold to get the ball out pretty quickly for the most part. I mean, it's been working so far. Obviously, with McCaffrey, you have all those screen games that get opened up. And That's going to be gone this week, and how will Carolina adjust? That's got to be a big question. And for the Cowboys, it's where does the pass rush come from? Is it Parsons? Do we get someone else involved? Someone else has got to step up. That's just the way it is. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Mika Parsons, you know, kind of continues that role. I mean, he's excelling at it, so I, I don't see why they would abandon it. You know, and speaking of abandoning, you may, you mentioned the Eagles started off with a decent running game. Well, they came with this game with a very good running game, but it was abandoned. And you, you heard me ask, you know, you know all, all the good that did, you know. There you go. That's the point exactly. And Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Terror, made that point like, you know, because of the terrible coaching, because they abandoned the running game, okay? And you mentioned for the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys' uh, running game averages 139 yards per game. So, a key to victory for the Cowboys for this Sunday is they're going to have to run the ball effectively. And I do mean effectively, and by that is you're going to have to feed Zeke, but you know what? You're going to have to feed the ball to Tony Pollard. Both guys are going to need to have a a good game. And you mentioned how the Panthers' uh, offensive line is not good, right? Or it's like not the best, right? Yeah, they certainly have a lot of room for improvement. Well, I'm not entirely sure how many times Sam Donald has been sacked so far this season, but six, six, okay. Well, the the problem is, you know, the off the Panthers' offensive line must be feeling a bit confident because of how badly depleted the Cowboys' defensive line unit unit is. So, but but then again, you got to watch out for Mika Parsons because we saw Mika Parsons' his draft profile made it clear that Mika Parsons can sneak just around you just like that and, th- and just hit a quarterback out of nowhere. 
He did that at Penn State. He's so far. He did that against uh, the Philadelphia. That, that one particular play where Jalen Hurts. You remember the play? Jalen Hurts tries to run, but then you know, Micah Parsons just catches him in a bear hug and then takes him down. I mean, I expect to see a, a lot of that. But I mean, the the Dallas defense is just gonna have to find a way. I mean, you know, DJ Moore is is uh, it's inevitable. DJ Moore is probably gonna have a hundred yard receiving game. He's good, like you mentioned. The potential is just so high, and the dude's got a bright future. And of course, and the fact that you mentioned how the situation with the offensive line that Sam Darnold has to get the ball off quickly. Well, there you go. The problem is the Cowboys' defense; they miss too many sacking the quarterback opportunities. We saw that; like they're about to hit it, but they can't take the guy down. So that's where Carolina has an advantage. But they're just gonna have to find a way, like you know, just get to the quarterback, take him down, force turnovers. So that's key to victory number two. Play defense, force turnovers, and most importantly, sack the freaking quarterback. I mean, I don't know what's more important, sack the quarterback or force turnovers. Either way, they're both vital to success. Yeah, there's no question about that. Also, going back to Monday night for just a minute, Dak actually was sacked four times. He only lost 18 yards, which is actually not too bad, considering four sacks, that's four and a half yards lost per sack. But I mean, it's the 18 yards is not bad, but you know the risk of him getting hurt—that's the scary part. Correct. But I just wanted to talk about the Dallas offensive line for a minute. Obviously, they struggled in Week One against that Buccaneers front. I know they were missing Zach Martin in that game, but he's come back, and obviously, this offensive line in Dallas is not what it used to be. Nope. But with all this speed that Carolina has coming off the edge, how is Dak going to hold up? And do you think that Dak has the mobility within the pocket to evade some of these rushers? Because coming off the injury he had, just having that in-pocket mobility can take a little time to get back. Mm-hmm. Whenever Dak Prescott starts to run the ball, that's where I really hold my breath. Because, look... If there's if there's clear space ahead of him, fine. But still, it's a risk. But you know, as far as Dak goes, we're gonna need our. They're gonna need the wide receiver core to be to be effective. Like we're gonna need a good game from Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper, hopefully. But you know, if the running game is just so effective, if you can run the ball more, if if it keeps working, you keep going, then you know what? Stick to running the ball because the more you run the ball. And if it, if it keeps working, that keeps our defense off the field, so that takes a little bit of pressure off. And more importantly, that runs the clock down. If we if Dak Prescott has to throw the ball 50 times, that's going to that's gonna make the game take longer. That that gives the adversary more more time. And, so, you know, and the problem is, if he's relegated to throwing more than, than, than running the ball more, there, there's the risk of him getting sacked. So and if and and the problem is also with that is the Cowboys have an offensive line. This has been a problem for 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 decades. Is you know the penalties on the offensive line. Right, and just to go back to the point about running the ball, obviously the Panthers are a very fast defense, and so. If you, you got to get those gains on first and second down in the run game to keep yourself out of third and long and not allow those 
Carolina rushers to just pin their ears back and come at you. One last point I'm going to make on the Panthers' D was that they lost J.C. Horn, their number eight overall pick at corner last week in Houston. So you look at the depth that Dallas has at receiver. You mentioned Lamb. Michael Gallup has been kind of quiet so far this year, and obviously we all well, he's hurt. know about Amari Cooper. Those guys could have an edge over the Carolina secondary, but like I was mentioning earlier, we got to have situations where the down and distance favors Dallas in order for them to win. That way you don't get in bad situations against that Carolina rush. Uh, as far as Michael Gallup goes, he's hurt. He's he he's been hurt since week one. He got hurt in week one, but you know, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned. You know, I think uh, several Panther secondary players are hurt. There's Horn. Uh, there's the other dude. I forgot. I forgot his name. But you know, several players are hurt, but they're not on IR. But so if the Panthers secondary is, is depleted. The Cowboys' passing game has to take advantage of it, but it's still risky because Dak Prescott, as we know, whenever he's in a situation and the pocket collapses, Dak Prescott makes has a habit of making unnecessary risks, which leads to horrible mistakes. I mean, we saw that when he fumbled the uh, fumbled the ball in the, in the end zone, or I think I mean I'm not, I'm not sure what it was, but you know, there's times where that happens. But the Cowboys are just gonna have to. Come up with a quick plan B if something goes awry. Like we're gonna have to make plays happen forward, not backwards. There's no doubt about that. And actually, I might have been thinking Gallup, but Cedric Wilson, I think, was more who I was thinking of, and just wrong name came out. Wilson has shown some flashes here and there. Mm -hmm. I certainly think he's a worthwhile guy to have. Oh, definitely. I mean the way he made. I mean that particular play when Prescott made that deep throw and Wilson only got one foot in bounds. You know Cedric Wilson went on to make up for it by scoring that touchdown. And in that particular play, he merely made made sure both feet were in bounds. So you know that's why I said when Michael Gallup got hurt, I told people let's not panic because that opens the door for Cedric Wilson. And Cedric Wilson is a pretty good player. He's very underrated. And then, you know, and people were saying, like, when he scored that touchdown, a lot of people were saying, yeah, I, I forgot about this guy. But you see, the fact that everybody was so on Michael Gallup that everybody forgot about Cedric. And Cedric basically, I told you, this opens the door. And Cedric takes advantage of it. And look at that. Now you're talking, now we're talking about him. So, but man, it, it, how, do, how do you feel about this game, basically? Uh, this is the part, part, time of the episode where now we really got to get serious. So, how do you feel about this game? Well, in regards to how I feel about this game, I think this is going to be a really close contest. One way or the other, I see this game being about 27-24. Okay. And I obviously think the Panthers have an advantage in some areas, but I also think the Cowboys have an advantage in some areas. And... In the end, I feel like it comes down to Sam Darnold. If he can just continue to be the efficient guy that he's been the first three weeks for Carolina, I think that they'll walk out of Dallas with a win. But if the Cowboys can frustrate him and force a turnover or two, 
then I think that they hand the Panthers their first loss. All right. This game, I feel, can go either way because it's so it's a game that both teams, any team, can win it. In order for if Carolina manages to sack Prescott numerous times, and if they force Prescott to make those mistakes, and Carolina takes advantage, yeah, it's gonna be Panthers are just gonna cause destruction and chaos. And you know, the last time they were they were at ATT Stadium on Thanksgiving six years ago, that's exactly what they did. But both teams are not what they were in 2015. And as far as Sam Darnold goes, you know, I remember a couple of years ago in 2019 when he humiliated the Cowboys defense. You know, in, in one of those rare big wins for the New York Jets uh, during that time, but this is not <laughs> this is not the same situation. I mean, as, and quite honestly, it's a, it's it's, a, it's much better for him. He's in a much better situation right now. So, that being said, if the Cowboys can sack Sam Darnold, if they can force turnovers, I mean, if, in my opinion, it's going to take at least four turnovers to to beat the, the Panthers. If they can do that, they can win. So uh, that being said. I have the Cowboys at 35-27. A hard-fought win, but I, I can't count out the Panthers. Despite McCaffrey not being there, I can't count them out. I just can't. Certainly not. You know with a Matt Rule team that you're going to get their best shot every week. All right. All right, well, Josh, uh, any final thoughts on the this Sunday's game between Dallas and Carolina? Well, I have a different thought that is Cowboys related but not necessarily related to this game if you'll let me get on a soapbox for a moment by all means brother by all means okay well this is just sort of in response to one of your shows recently where you had a guest on and he came out and said that Dak was really overrated and some of that and of course the thing about being overrated is it's always relative to what you know as for me I feel like Dak is on that second tier of quarterbacks. He's not up there with Mahomes and Rodgers, but he's definitely in that second group with guys like Watson, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson. Some of those guys, where exactly you put him in that group, I'm not really here to debate that. I've just seen really extreme opinions on Prescott from both sides. Some people that think that his number numbers are exaggerated and whatnot and others that are like oh yeah he's definitely better than all those other guys and it's just like this makes me scratch my head sometimes <laughs> when you look at what prescott has done yeah he's been in the league a little longer than those other guys on the second tier i'll give you that but just these are objective facts you can look these up he had top 10 scoring defenses every year from 2016 through 2019 and yet missed the playoffs twice in that tenure. And he definitely had offensive weapons on his side to work with. So as far as him being consistent, it's like, well, that doesn't look all that consistent to me. You look at his performances in playoff games, and those have been very good. You certainly can't blame him for losing the playoff game, either to the Rams or against the Packers. So, I mean, I certainly think he can step up in big games, but... My biggest thing, and I've said this on my shows before, is that you look at regular season games where he plays against a team over 500, his record is really bad, and his touchdown interceptions are equal, well, at least prior to this season, at least. So it's just like, 
you never quite exactly know what you're going to get out of Dak in those really big moments. And I certainly think he can take that next step forward. He's got guys that can do that. But it's just really tough. When you look at some of those other guys that I mentioned before, like Allen and Lamar Jackson, who's been a league MVP and has really had some headaches with the receiving core in the that he has in Baltimore. They dropped so many passes there. Hollywood Brown dropped two touchdowns against the Lions on Sunday. It's like, you can't blame Jackson for that. And I think progressively some of the nonsense about Lamar Jackson not being able to throw from the pocket is kind of fading away. I mean, he doesn't do it as much as the other guys, but that's just his skill set. Guy was a former league MVP for crying out loud, and everybody says, oh, if you just don't let him run then you beat him easily yeah because that's so easy and also why does it never go the other way nobody ever is going to say as long as you make tom brady run you're going to beat him so why does the argument work in reverse like okay that's i'm getting way off topic right now but i guess just bring it all back with dak prescott he's still got something to prove that's how i'm saying saying it right now i'm He's shown some good things and some good moments. I just don't think he's quite there yet. And I was also really, I don't know what the right word here is, frustrated maybe whenever after the week one game against the Bucks, that Dan Orlovsky comes out and tweets that Dak is for sure a lead after that game. I'm just like, Ugh. That's one game does right not there. make yeah. an elite QB. Yeah. And of course... You look at the next week, he doesn't even throw a touchdown pass against the Chargers, yet the team wins. I mean, it's just, it's really crazy. We live in an impatient culture that doesn't want to wait for results. They need something to get out now, something to talk about, and sometimes it just gets exhausting. <laughs> it does. I mean, I'll be honest. I have unleashed a tremendous amount of criticism on Dak Prescott. I am not a Dak Prescott guy. The problem I have is, yeah, he's not elite. And the reason why I was against him being paid was because the problem is he he only does well against horrible teams. And when, he, when you see all those garbage time stats, that does not constitute the status of being elite. That is not worthy of, being, of paying. But if I've said if Dak Prescott can turn things around, if he can convince me otherwise, I will not hesitate. I will go and say, all right. Dak Prescott has proven me wrong, okay? But, the like I said, if because that we saw this in 2019. He's only playing good against bad teams, but against uh, but against good teams, he's not doing anything except making those mistakes. I hate doing this, but, you know, it's the truth, and it's painful. Dak can one day possibly be elite, but he's far from being elite. But I don't want to rule out anything because Prescott's one of those dudes you don't know if he's going to have a good game or a bad game. On paper, it might say he'll have a good game. But I don't want to go with saying this is all on paper because this is about reality. This is about true results. Like like our friend uh, Mr. Torres says, you know, enough with the bullshit. Yeah, that is definitely true. And the other thing about it is him coming off of injury, you still don't really know yet. I've... I want to reserve judgment for now. Obviously, he had a great showing against Tampa Bay. But, yeah, we've seen that depleted Tampa secondary get lit up. And 
Stafford obviously lit them up on Sunday, and obviously I mentioned Stafford earlier as one of be being one of those guys that's right around where Dak is. So very impressive showing, but yes, but Dak, I still need more data. Mm-hmm, same here. And, and if Dak has a good game this Sunday, that'll that'll I know I'll eat my words up a little bit, but we're gonna have to wait and see. That's all I can say. I mean. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So, I mean, I'm already I'm already going to say, like, I'm not a Prescott fan, but that can change. And Prescott's going to have to make me change my mind. He's going to have to convince me to do it. And the way to do it is by results. That's true. Yeah. I think but, but he course, has the potential and the makeup to be a guy that you could potentially win a title with. But I've, like I've been saying, I still think there is another step. Mm-hmm. Something more we got to see out of him before that and is the team ready to make that step with him definitely unsure of that right now well i mean i always say as long as uh jerry jones is uh in charge uh, it's not gonna happen but last thing i want to say about dak is he's gonna he can't do this by himself he's gonna need the offensive line protection he's gonna have need to have the weapons do their job i mean he's gonna have to have a defense it's about teamwork Yep, definitely. Super Bowls are team accomplishments. Mm-hmm. It's about winning. Which is why I hate quarterbacks being work. judged by rings, but, you know, yeah. that is certainly part of it. Like Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's exactly it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Josh, my friend, thank you very much for coming in. Do you have anything else you want to say? Nope, that's all for me. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much, and we will see you all next time.